guys. Welcome back to Gaming Trim Podcast. This is your host, Erica. And this is the very essential worker, John. Essential worker. I'm an essential worker, too, now. Yay. Yay. I'm so tired. I get monies. I get monies now. I'm so excited. Oh, but we can't spend our monies anywhere because we can't go anywhere. That's true. That's very true. Anyway, guys. Welcome back. We missed you last week. It was all my fault. Technical errors. My Wi-Fi did not want to work, so we had to call some people out, but my Wi-Fi's working now. Oh, I just blame Comcast on that one. <laughs> I have like, AT&T, so I mean, it's, it's okay, but it still has its errors. This episode is about pandemics. I thought it would be very fitting, because again, we're both essential workers, and we're living in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much why. <laughs> I already got my, some of my supplies, but I gotta go back to the store and get some more because apparently the toilet paper's starting to run out again. So, um, as you may have known, John and I live in Texas, okay? <laughs> and if you know, Texas is a, a hellhole right now. <laughs> um, we hit over 5,000 positive tested COVID cases yesterday, the day before. And it just keeps going up and up. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We're blaming protesters. Uh <laughs> I'm blaming anyone that's not social distancing right now or wanting to wear a mask properly. That's what I'm doing. We are blaming every single person, every single thing we can, except for the government. Our state opened up way too early. What is it? A couple weeks ago, we were about to open up our restaurants to 75% capacity. That is the issue. Well, (laughs) there's a thing behind that as well, because granted, with okay, we started opening up, okay. Go for 25%, 10%, 25%, Unfortunately, a lot of the people went, oh, the pandemic's over, and they all bum-rushed everything. Yes, just because, and, and again, y'all, we started opening up purely because Texas and the big cities like Houston, Austin, San Antonio, we are driven by our economy. We rely on people going to stores, going to businesses. We are very business-driven. So if we don't have any business, we will fail. We Our government won't get money. And that is why we began to open it up. Not because it was safe. Not because of that. It's because businesses needed to make money. Well, yeah, and also the unemployment for the state was running out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that is very true. Yes. Um, but let's, you know what, let's go ahead and head on into Game On. Game On! Our first pandemic video game is one of my favorites. It's a pretty fun game, Sunset Overdrive. Now, this game is set in 2027 in a fictional metropolis called Sunset City. The player controls an employee of Fizco who has to fight off the OD, short for overcharged drinkers, humans who have turned into mutants after drinking Fizco's energy drink beverage. In this dystopian Sunset City, the player character can wall run, use zip lines, and grind rails to swiftly navigate through it with a large arsenal of weapons to use. Now, this game is really fun. It's adorable. The colors are very vibrant. Um, You can customize your characters. It's a really fun game. It's a couple years old, but you know what? It's very believable. It's saying it's being based in 2027. I could see this in the future. (laughs) 
Uh, you had me at the large arsenal of weapons to use, especially... Yes! Okay, we got people turning into zombies and everything else, like... Yes. I'm still waiting for it to actually come off my bingo card for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting patiently. <laughs> yes. Very patiently. <laughs> but this looks fun with the whole with the wall running and the zip lines. But the grinding of the rails grand. I haven't played this yet. <laughs> but I'm going back for the grinding rails. His main mode of transportation is a skateboard? No, it's his feet. Okay. Oh, okay. He just so, he just yeah he just grinds on the on the rails yeah okay so he's just parkouring everywhere yeah <laughs> everything is parkouring uh, I love the weapons in this video game because they're so much they're so much fun you'll have a teddy bear on your gun you make guns out of random things laying around there's flamethrowers there's bats it's really interesting and you meet crazy eccentric characters I just love how eccentric the video game is and it's. Honestly, just tons of fun. All right. Um, and what systems are these on? So I bought mine on the Xbox One. Um, I believe it's also on the PS3. Uh, this game came out, I want to say, like three or four years ago. Okay, so yeah, it'd be like around the cusp of PS3, PS4 era. Okay, so I'm going to have to find this one and add it to my collection. It's a good game. I give this game a solid 9 out of 10. Um, it's lots of fun. And the younger kids, like preteens, they love it too. Well, yeah, of course you would. The teddy bear on your gun. It, I, I mean, that's a selling point right there. Yeah, right there. So, <laughs> the next game, Last of Us Two. Now, this game just came out, right? And there's, uh, you know, some stuff going on. But okay, five years after the dangerous journey across the post-pandemic United States, Ellie and Joel have settled down in Jackson, Wyoming. Living amongst a thriving community of survivors has allowed them peace and stability, despite the constant threat of the infected and, and other more desperate survivors. When a violent event disrupts the peace, Ellie embarks on a relentless journey to carry out justice and find closure. As she hunts those responsible one by one, she is confronted with the devastating physical and emotional repercussions of her actions. So, uh, if anyone's on Facebook, I'm pretty sure you've seen the memes from The Last of Us 2. For some reason, everyone and their mom is giving this game a 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, whatever. They're saying this game's amazing, you need to pick it up, it's a must-play. This game was a very much anticipated game because the original makers of this game was sold and a lot of people thought that The Last of Us 2 was not going to get made. But then they did pick it up, they did make it, and people were so, like, ecstatic. So the user score as of today, Sunday the 28th, is a 4.8. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> we have less than half of, of yeah. it coming out from the players going, hmm, this is what we feel about it. Then you have the game developers going, this is the best thing ever! And this and this is based on a little bit less than 100,000 ratings. Wow. A 4.8, yeah. Wow. It's not just a couple, it's not just a handful. What I'm hearing is, yes, this is a beautiful game. Yes, it plays well. Yes, it's that anticipation. I'm glad I got to finish it. A lot of people are hating the ending. They absolutely hate the ending. Well, maybe they'll fix it with a DLC. <laughs> I love how video games do that now. They're just like, everyone hated this game. Let's just slap a DLC on it. That does not fix it, sir. 
but yet, it distracts. But yet, some people think it is. Now, I have not played this series, but you have. Yes, I have. What is your impression of the first The Last of Us? The first one, well, Grant, I'm only about halfway through with it. And Grant, I like it. The it really pushed the PS3 to the limits on what its visual capability was and actually like the story mode and actually how the pretty much all of the mechanics behind it because you just can't come out come right out like how I normally play like Halo which is Leroy Jenkins style yeah you can't do that I died multiple times if anybody watched my streams on Mother Brain Gamer <laughs> I have had to replay the same level at least eight times because I kept going Leroy Jenkins firing away it's like oh crap there's only six shots doesn't all reload crap yeah. I'm out of ammo what do I do oh I have the stick <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna stick him to death. Oh no no! They, they come and bite me and eat me, and it's like okay, well you have to start over. Crap. But either way, the first one I really loved. I still love. I still have to finish playing it. It's a good. It's a good story on just with the traveling of having to get this one girl who apparently is immune to the virus, or it hasn't really gone further on because, like I said, I'm halfway through it. I haven't figured out what the ending is yet. But. I do like this game. Now, from what I've been hearing now of how The Last of Us 2 is like, did, did they get all new programmers? Did they just like decide to just, just pooch out in the story? Like, what's going on? I'm just hearing that the ending is horrible. I know friends who have bought the game who are about to play it, so I want to hear their decision when they're done with it. But yeah, v- players are not happy. Okay. Um, another great game that we're going to talk about is Plague, Inc. Oh, I love this. It's a real-time strategy simulation video game developed and published by UK-based independent game studio Nendemic Creations. The player creates and evolves a pathogen in an effort to annihilate the human population with a deadly plague. The game uses an epidemic model with a complex and realistic set of variables to simulate the spread and severity of the plague. And the fun thing about this one it, I have it as a board game, and I have it as an app on my tablet. Yes. So what's great about this game is that you can get it on a lot of platforms, and you can get it on your phone, on a tablet, on your computer. Um, it's it, You can get it anywhere. Like a pathogen. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. You are very much correct. As you can tell by the name Plague, Inc., it is about plagues in a pandemic. But unlike other games where you're trying to stop the plague, you are actually the plague in this video game, and your job is to make a huge pandemic and affect everywhere and everything possible. Uh, reminds me of the last time I played this on my tablet, because we start it, unless you want to pay the extra money for uh, to get all the different other viruses, you start it as a bacteria. Well, what's it going to be called? I decided to call mine Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. That game's horrible. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and so, as it goes, you can go through, spend your evolution points to infect more things, but it also throws a wild card into the mix because the game will automatically, after a certain time, auto evolve, which you can actually de evolve and use the points you save off of that. So, pretty much, whenever I did Fortnite, it was. Let's see, it was airborne to the third degree, waterborne to the third degree, animal born to the third degree, and also bird born 
to the third degree. Wow. So co- Avian. Yeah, yeah. Cover everything. And okay, you get like a little cough and all that until finally everything's infected. But it's always funny if you actually race through it too fast, the, you, the world will live. Because there's always going to be some form that actually right. saves, that stays alive. Well, there's a trick to this. Never start your plague in China, U.S., or Africa. Why? It, oh, it, because the island of Madagascar always seems to survive. <laughs> so you start it on Madagascar, and you will okay. win. Okay. What's up with Madagascar, a, y'all? What's this there? It's an island in the middle of nowhere that seems to... <laughs> no one dies. Ever. That's very interesting. I, bl- okay, I, I, okay. I blame it on the lemurs. <laughs> Uh, but I like this game because, again, instead of trying to prevent, you're actually making a virus. So it's a fun game. Graphics are cute. Um, you feel like you're almost in a war room because you have the globe set out. You have the viruses, the imports, the exports, the airplanes. I mean, I mean it looks like you're playing war games, right? Yes, I mean, yes. it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. Last one. Last game we're talking about. My favorite. Uh, I read this email. I was like, what? No, we're not doing this. And I said, yes, we are. Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, my God. They brought it back. They brought it back again. Again. Not for the second time. The third time. They have brought it back. Oh, thank God. They brought back a good Duke Nukem. Because anything after this was horrible. Horrible play mechanics on all of it. Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, that was so fun playing on PC back in the 90s. <laughs> Mine was PlayStation, but totally got to agree with you. Oh, the game picks up right after the events of Duke Nukem 2. With Duke returning to Earth in his space cruiser as Duke descends on Los Angeles. In hopes of taking a vacation, his ship is shot down by unknown hostiles. While sending a distress signal, Duke learns that aliens are attacking Los Angeles and have mutated the LAPD. With his vacation plans now ruined... Duke kicks the eject button and vows to do whatever it takes to stop the alien invasion. It's amazing. Oh yeah, especially whenever they changed all the co- all the cops got mutated into uh, walking talking pigs. Yes, if you've never played Duke Nukem 3D and that doesn't sound like a pandemic video game, when he lands, the first chapter is in a dystopian, futuristic. Los Angeles. I consider it pandemic video games. Everyone should. So that's just my two cents in it. The reason we're talking about it right now is that it is remastered for the 20th anniversary Duke Nukem World 3D Tour. We're having new chapters, new weapons, new Duke voiceover, which is amazing, by the way, new music, and you get game matching. Oh. Yes. Yes. And this is on the Nintendo Switch. I know that it was remastered a couple years ago for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox, I believe. But I'm excited, y'all. I got a Switch. This game is on sale for $4.99 right now. I'm about to buy it right now. Okay? Like, let's go. (laughs) Are they still going with the whole thing like the original Duke Nukem 3D on PC to where the aliens are trying to abduct all of the world's women. Yes, it is ex- okay. So it's exactly the same, guys. <laughs> so it's amazing. We got strippers, we got prostitutes, we, strippers. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, we have all the classic sayings, and you don't even realize when you're because I was a kid, like a kid, kid playing this. I should have not been playing this video game. <laughs> uh, you were probably a little bit older than me. Uh, I, I would hope but so. <laughs> 
There were so many pop culture references. It is amazing. Oh, especially when you go into the bathroom and, it's a, and then right on the wall it's written for a good time call 8675309. Ah, uh, this game. It just it's just one of those feel good games. It's just as messed up as it sounds, it reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> uh, I love this game, and I'm super excited that they remastered it for the Switch. Oh, see, now I, have to, I, I need a Switch now. I need a Switch so I can play this, but... You have to get a Switch. First of all, you're way behind. You you need to get new systems. I, I know, and... but it requires things that I don't have right now called money. <laughs> I know, but... The Nintendo Switch Lite is only $2.99. Oh, no, I want... It's not that no, bad. I want the Lite one. I want one of the Joy-Cons to come off and then I can play with them. I guess. I mean, it's 100 bucks more, but... That's fine. Meh. That's fine. And I can get the new skins for it and all that wonderful stuff. You can do it with the lights, too. Yeah. But you know what? We're talking about money. I think we should go to Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut Up and Take My Money. Now, our first thing is Toady, the autonomous lawn robot powered by AI. Oh god, we're gonna have lawnmower and terminators. Yes, that's just exactly what it is. Our AI is like completely ridiculous. Like when guys, you know we're gonna have robots take over. I'm just waiting. I'm silently waiting just here. <laughs> I'm I'm not building an EM pulse gun at all right now. John, you have like so much leftover tech stuff, I would not be surprised. Like if someone said John's building mass destructive weapons, I'd be like, I believe it. <laughs> I can neither he confirm nor stuff. deny these accusations. <laughs> uh, so what's great about this is that you don't have to lay out your lawn. Uh, with some AI or self-mowing mechanisms, you have to have a fence outline, which involves cables and keeping it charged, yada, yada, yada. This is an AI-driven robot. It is self-learning. It has visuals. It sees just like a human does. If a ball comes out in front of it, it knows to go around it. It could recognize people, objects, pets. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then you can also say, hey, robot, this is where my flower garden is. Don't mow. And it's like, cool. I won't do it. Okay. Because I'm looking at the picture of this thing right now, and this kind of reminds me of uh, when Dyson got into the robot vacuum market, like the Roomba. So it's like almost the same shape, but more boxy. It does. It reminds me of a boxy Eve. A boxy Eve, wow. From Wally. Wow. It looks like a boxy Eve from Wally. Oh. That is exactly what it looks You're like. You're body shame it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, so if you're interested in the price, this is on Kickstarter, by the way. It is fully funded. Uh, it only had a $75,000 goal, and at right now, it's like at $1.5 Ooh. So it's funded. <laughs> and if you want to grab one of these for yourself, it is only $2,400 American. Only? Only. I mean... Wow. Can you put a price on not mowing? A little rich for my blood right there, you know. <laughs> Because I got a battery-powered lawnmower that I walk behind it, but that's like my exercise once a week. <laughs> we tried. We tried to mow our lawn with a battery-powered lawnmower. We had to charge the battery three or four times because of how bad the lawn was. Oh, no. Mine, let's see. On one charge on mine, it's the 40-volt. That one actually gets me front and back, and I'm on a quarter of an acre. Yeah, your lawn's pretty big. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that charge lasts the whole time. And yes, it shreds branches and everything else. Tell me what you found, sir. 
which one would it be? I guess it would be some, something that was special, actually. Because you know how... Ev- special. Yes, because you know how the, you had the Nintendo Mini. The Super Nintendo Mini. Yes. There was... The, what, the Game Boy Micro. The Game Boy Micro. But uh, Sega decided to take Micro to a whole another level. Yes, they did. Now, if anyone knew, I want to say what, about 10 years ago... Uh, Nintendo decided to make a Game Boy Micro. It was a little bit smaller than the original Nintendo controller, but it had a very large screen, and it was doable, portable, long battery life. But Sega just went up to this motherfucker. Yes, with this wonderful thing of the new Sega Game Gear Micro, that is going to be... There's four versions, which basically means four different colors you can get for 50 bucks each. And the screen on this thing is about 1.8 to 2.4 inches diagonal. So a regular Game Gear can fit comfortably in your hands. It's almost the size of a Game Boy Advance, but the screen is a lot smaller. This one is a micro. I can, okay, so it's smaller, right? This thing can barely, you hold it with like two fingers. It is so extraordinarily tiny and they did not make that screen any bigger. No, actually, this one is like maybe one fifth of the size of a of an actual Game Gear. Yeah, especially with this thing, the the, the specs are eighty millimeter by forty three millimeter by twenty millimeter. So it's bigger than it's about the same size as a case fan for your PC. It is so tiny. But now some of these games are actually pretty legit. Don't get me wrong. We got Sonic the Hedgehog. We got P.O.P.O. P.O. 2. We call it P.O.P.O. P.O. We got Outrun. Royal Stone. We got Sonic Chaos. Gunstar Heroes. Sylvan Tail. Baku Baku Animal. Shining Force. Now, that's what's cool. Now, Shining Force, they released it later on on the Game Boy and some on PC. But we have Shining Force Gaiden. We have Shining Force Sword of the Haya. Shining Force Gaiden Final Conflict. I mean, really good games. The Last Bible Special. Oh, yeah. These are good classics that are hard to come by. Yes, yes, they are. And, Grant, it doesn't surprise me with, like, the age of miniaturization that we have with all these things. Because, Grant, most of these games used to fit, to give you all an idea how big these games are, like Sonic the Hedgehog, could fit on three floppies. Yes. Still, and... Great. Each one, they're all, all of those games are not going to be on the same one. Um, you got each of the, each of the four is going to have four different games, and you have to buy all of them. Yes, I mean you you just have to. Each of them is fifty bucks, and like we said, the screen is super duper tiny. So guess what? Guess what they made to help y'all out? The Sega big window okay guys you we, we we've been saying we miss these stupid accessories man when i had a game boy advance i had a light i had a magnifier i had a game case holder that was like the shape of a controller we went all out when we had game boys guys so they're bringing us back they're bringing us back you know reminding us where we came from oh uh, yes. so it's a big mag- magnifier glass <laughs> on top of the screen and correction like i said earlier how big the screen is it's actually smaller than what i said just a second ago I, I wouldn't doubt it. It's a 1.15-inch diagonal. It has a mono speaker just like the old original Game Gear. Yes, it is exactly the same. And it has something that has been taken away from all our phones. A headphone jack. <laughs> <laughs> but you can charge it over USB or 
Uh, if you want to fill the bulge on it, two AAA batteries. <laughs> this thing is incredibly crazy. Now, it's releasing overseas on October the 6th. They have not released a U.S. release date yet, but it's hella cute, man. Like, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I think this is uh, since Sega decided to merge with, I can't remember what company it was, but it looks like they're trying to get back to what Sega originally was. Games. Sega is so full of nostalgia. Oh, yes. And I think they're trying to get back to that because they know they're going to release this stuff and people are going to buy this for their kids. Oh, yeah. Or And people are also going to buy them for themselves. It's just that good feeling of just like, this is my childhood. I don't have to break out my old system. That probably doesn't work. I don't have to find the games that might have been missing. Maybe I gave it to an old school friend. I love this kind of stuff. I love it. I'm wondering how many of these things are going to go missing. You know, something about the They're size... They're tiny, y'all. Something about the size <laughs> of a key fob is just going to go, boop, gone. It is, it is probably half the size of a regular smartphone. You guys definitely need to check it out. How the Game Gear was with the tininess and you got the AI robots. It just makes you just want to go naughty. I agree. Let's head into naughty, John. Naughty? Giant Wolfhead oh is found. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this sucker is over 40,000 years old, and it was found in the Siberia. Okay, so it's from the first Matrix. They say giant, right? But what, what is giant? An average wolf-sized head is between 9 inches to 11 inches. This is at 16 inches. You can understand that's that's a pretty big difference, right? Do you know? Do you know the average size of a bear's head uh bigger than mine it's about 16 inches oh there's a big head so we're talking about a wolf having the same size head as a bear bears can go between five meters to eight meters long from tail to tip these are some big old big old wolves big old wolfy wolves yeah i wonder if they stood upright you know from all the things that we had from the last matrix now, before, before when I sent you this link, you had a theory that these are werewolves. Yes, because <laughs> I still maintain that that far long ago, and they found it with still with fur and everything yes. else on all the soft tissue has been rotted away. That it had to be from a previous version of the Matrix, because ours, unfortunately, is glitching right now. <laughs> so this is the first ancient prehistoric wolf head that they found with tissue with skin i mean we're looking at a tongue right here they got all the teethies in that mouth it is completely uh, like almost 100 percent preserved oh yeah it came from siberia it's a giant freezer yes <laughs> and we've been discovering so many preserved animals because again um our planet's permafrost continue to melt in record-breaking heat uh yeah just, you know, another thing to add on to our pandemic. Oh, yeah. No, I, I still maintain that there that right now time travel is real. And someone is trying to fix the things there's, that's, causing, that's causing problems, but inadvertently destroy something else. They fix the hornet bees. We got them. Yeah, but what and do we got disappear. now? Zombies? Terminators? <laughs> we don't know. I totally agree with you. Maybe we're going to get the Borg. Who knows? <laughs> uh, or... Maybe a giant dust bowl. Oh, God, the dust cloud. That's that sand that was from the mummy. 
<laughs> yes, on our next Nani subject, a Godzilla dust cloud from the Sahara Desert is hitting the United States right now. A couple days ago, this huge cloud of mummy dust, as we call it, came and hit the coast of the United States. It's the craziest it's ever been, like, 50 years. It's been happening. You know, it happens whatever part of the world. Okay. But right now, what's going on in the Atlantic, the Caribbeans are just, like, totally suffering. It is, like, all the islands, like, right down here. I mean, it's just everyone is in a haze of sand. Well, this is not going to do well because I actually thought about getting solar panels now. Well, crap. It's not as bad here. It affects allergies. It affects breathing, which a lot of scientists are worried about with COVID going on, just worsening everything. I love this quote that I found. Awesome. I've always wondered what it was like living during the times of Civil War, Spanish Flu, Great Depression, Civil Rights Movement, Watergate, and the Dust Bowl. Not all at once, mind ya, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Oh, so what do we have for our bingo card now? <laughs> we are living in this weird year, and I'm just like, what are the future generation are going to read in history books and be like, what the fuck happened in 2020? No, no, here's what's going to happen. We're gonna, they're going to... Our kids' kids are going to get the history books, and it's going to go from 2019, and then it's just going to jump to 2021, and some little kid in the back of the room is going to, but, but what happened to, to 2020? We don't talk about that year. <laughs> like, why? Because I don't want to. <laughs> uh, it still actually makes the question, too, because actually some people have been looking back at whenever we officially changed calendars to the thing was the Gregorian calendar that we're on now. Yes. Apparently yes. there is an eight-year lock gain when we went to there, it there is there is a disparity yes so essentially we are in 2012 the mayans might have had it right i don't know like i thought there see so scientists there were theories and methods they're always changing i thought it was like in 2008 or 2010 yeah. When the world was supposed to end, and then there's a lot of scientists saying, no, this is when it said it was going to end. I mean, can they just get it right so we could, like, monitor our anxiety levels? Because that's what I want. I'm like, I need to choose when to be depressed. Well, granted, it all started back in the Y2K bug. Yes. Yeah, when the computers <laughs> went, oh, no, they might go back to 1900 and all the missiles will fire off at once. See, I want to know why when the Y2K thing happened, everyone started to buy toilet paper. We did? How did... Yes! Do you not remember that? No, I remember, like, uh... Yes! Stocking up like I do for every hurricane, but that was about it. No, during Y2K, people were, like, totally losing their minds, and they were buying, like, toilet paper, stockpiling food. They thought the whole world was going to crash because the computers would not be able to recognize 2000. As like a year. Yeah. See, why don't we why don't we learn about that in school, y'all? Why don't we learn about like the crazy history of like humans freaking out for no reason at all? The same reason our children's <laughs> children will never know about twenty twenty. Yeah, that's very true. Eleven fifty nine fifty nine happens on December thirty first. As soon as it hits midnight, everyone has to yell Jumanji so we can get out of this. <laughs> I just want to take the time and let everyone know that times right now are tough. And even though we can't see our friends and we can't even see our family sometimes with social distancing, I think that you should message people, 
and let them know that they're loved and that you care for them. And just try to stay as connected as you can because you never know when you're going to see or never see your loved ones again. Yeah, especially with this new digital age, we have so many ways of keeping in contact with people like social media, uh, Skype, Zoom, anything like that. Keep in touch with your loved ones, your friends, everything because we're all in the same boat right now. We really are. And this boat sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rocky one, y'all. Okay. Now, I'm not a loved one. But I'm your friend, so you can keep in contact with me everywhere at the Raging Erica. And keep in contact with me as well on at Dogfin Studios. Remember, y'all, wear those masks and stay safe. And be sure to wear them properly over your nose and mouth, not a chin strap. Have a good one. Bye, guys. <laughs>